Merry Christmas, everyone. Friends, last night at our 4 p.m. vigil, it seemed like every Catholic that was in the neighborhood came, and they certainly would have understood there was no more room in the inn for anyone, as they were filled to capacity, the, the standing along the walls, the outside was completely filled, the breezeways. It was definitely a Christmas present to me, the pastor, to see Christ's house filled, and each Mass um, since then. And my friends, one of the wonderful aspects of Christmas and the Christmas liturgies in our Roman Catholic Church are the readings. And uh, these same readings are read throughout the whole world in our churches, uh, binding us together, unifying us. And uh, there's a set of readings for each of uh, the hours, as we call it, um, evening, um, Mass in the evening, Mass at dawn, Mass at daytime, and we're able to mix and match those. And uh, likewise, uh, the hymns of our Christmas liturgies are being sung, and um, they're the same throughout the world. And um, as I listen to our choir uh, sing, it made me recall times past with my family and everything that it evoked for me. And um, even those who do not frequent our church often, remember fondly the readings and the hymns. And that's okay because the hymns teach us also. If you listen to the words, it imparts on us uh, the mysteries of Jesus Christ and the Father and the power of the Spirit. And they are beautiful and they hold so much meaning for many. Our readings for uh, today, particularly from the Old Testament, comes from Isaiah, and we've been reading from Isaiah all of Advent, and Isaiah is the great prophet of God, and he spoke to people in a time that was very terrible for them. They knew many, many trials and challenges, and this one we hear this morning, he reminds them, you have not been forsaken, you have not been forgotten, hold on, the anointed one is coming. And for them, uh, they kept looking for a new king who would take the throne in it, they always had hoped that each one would be the one foretold, the one known as the Anointed One, the Messiah, who would change things. So they sang, and they sang for centuries, the ancient Israelites and Hebrews, because no king fit the descriptions as they had understood their Torah, their, their scriptures. And so, my friends, we hear from the New Testament. We hear from the Gospels and the gospel accounts, and often our gospels are chanted also. One of which we heard today. Unlike the thoughts of ancient times where uh, the king was thought to come in power and might, they had understood the scriptures that this anointed one would be king and he'd have an army and he would wrought war against those who oppressed them. But the New Testament tells about one night, away far from any palaces and armies and temples, a child was born. And his mother had the child in a stable. And this mother with great humility and humbleness, puts the child in a manger. We understand it as 
a feed box. That's what it is. Talk to farmers. That's what it really is. And this baby would be wiser than King Solomon of old. This baby would be more victorious than great King David of old. And this child would come and bring a peace that no one could ever offer. A peace that the world then and now longs for. Isaiah, the Old Testament prophet of God, his words and all the singing of his people throughout the ages came true in a manger a few miles away from Jerusalem in the city of Bethlehem. And today people can go and actually touch the spot where God was incarnate, where God becomes man, where the ancient prophecies of old came true. I know Deacon's been there. He's touched the very spot. Father hasn't been there yet, but maybe one day. So my friends, we gather each year at Christmas and we sing the same hymns. And one of the attractions of Christmas is that most of the people, even if they haven't been in a while, they know the hymns by heart. And it invokes, I hope for them, memories of many Christmases past also. Especially a time when we were young, children, and God was very simple then for us when we were children. And God seems so close always to us. As children, you simply tell them, and God did this and that. All right. What else did he do? But as adults, we're like, no, he can't do that. That's impossible. He's not here. You see what I mean? That those times when, as children, God just seems so much closer. And maybe we, most of us older ones, we feel we cannot go back to such a time because too much has happened since we have grown older. The power of Christmas, however, does not come from such sentimentalities and nostalgia. The Christmas meaning and message, it is filled with hope of things that can be different in our life because of the birth of this child and all that he would do and all that he would say he came, you see, the people of old thought God was angry and disappointed with people. And he wasn't. He was simply heartbroken because of the way we treated each other and in that way treating him. So he decides to do something. And what does a parent do? He sends his son who is love. In this, God did not give the world perhaps what it deserved, but what it needed the most. Love. So my friends, throughout uh, the evening last night and today, I suspect there are people who are in our church right now for all sorts of reasons. Some are here every week and they embrace all the church's solemnities with great love and great hope. Others come occasionally. Some are here because uh, they are doing so as a favor to a family or friend. In other words, they're being forced here, <laughs> perhaps blackmailed, <laughs> held hostage. Our gospel, the angel said, 
I bring good news for all people. So that means all of us. For all people, whoever you are, and for whatever reason that you are here, every person in this church is loved by God. Everyone. There is no one in this church sitting right now that is not loved by God. And as the scripture also said, favor has fallen upon. He loves you. All of you. And the message is, he loves us as we are. But being a good parent, he has dreams and aspirations for his children. Greatness for all of you. Things that you will do because of his favor and grace. And my friends then, if nothing else, everyone sitting in this church, everyone, has a journey to make over the next year. You're living and breathing, so I know this is going to happen. For some, the journey may be very difficult, made so because of poor health or perhaps a medical diagnosis that is not so favorable. For some, the journey may be made difficult because of problems and challenges financially with work, something that has to do with family. Perhaps for some, it will encompass a great loss of a loved one or friend, and now they suffer and mourn. For others, it will just be some type of crisis. And for some, things are going quite well and all is good. But no matter what, Christmas and its meaning is for all of us, no matter where we find ourselves. Christmas means the incarnation of Jesus Christ became a permanent part of our human fabric and time and history. As powerful as is the reality of sin and its consequences, there is a more powerful reality and presence, and that is Jesus Christ. The Son of God, made incarnate, became flesh and blood. And whatever the darkness, in Jesus Christ there is light. This year we surrounded the church with 48 candles burning brightly, even outside, to remind you of this. And also to remind you that in baptism, Jesus Christ has become a part of your fabric. He is a part of your human history. We are never alone then on life's journey, if we know this. My friends, the question I've been posing is, Christ is with us, but are you with Christ? This is a powerful reflection for us at this Christmas time. We all have a journey to make this coming year, so I suggest you make that journey with Him. Begin now, walking with Him. Make Him a closer part of your life, not just at Christmas, not just at Easter, but every day, every week. Make his way, his truth, and his life the very part and fabric of your own life. If you will do this, you will find yourselves gradually from inside, from the heart. And this is where everyone of old got it wrong. Jesus did not come to overthrow the governments. He came to overpower sin and to change the human heart. Because he knows if he was able to change the human heart, the world itself would change. If you invite him and let him walk with you on your journey, 
from within you will become wiser and stronger and holier. You will come to know the strength of his love and the power of the, his paschal mystery. You will begin to experience then the true meaning of Christmas. Love. Being loved and loving others. You will begin to experience once more and more deeply the power of the Holy Spirit. He is with you. But are you with him. So I know folks were running, all right, Father, how do I begin this journey? You do so right now, this way, just by showing up. And my friends, the gift of love from the Father is free. You do not earn it. You do not merit it. It is given freely. And what he asks in the scripture is that you in turn will love others. We are trained, some of us as priests, on Christmas not to give you high thoughts and theological concepts and abstracts, but to keep it humble. Because God the Father did that. He sent his answer, wrapped in a baby, who needed the care of humans so that we would find it more accepting. And he kept it pretty simple, although the idea of God becoming man is not so simple <laughs> for us. So begin with this understanding, the meaning of Christmas. You are loved, and you do not merit his love. People think that you have to be holy and good before God will love you, but that is wrong. As a matter of fact, we are loved even more when we are broken. It starts with God's love for you. You will need his love and grace in order to become holy. So understand this message of Christmas, for it captures with beauty and clarity and honesty and the depth of God's great love and embrace for you. God came down from heaven to raise you up and to restore the dignity that has belonged to you from the beginning as his children. And this is why it is important that we treat others with great respect and dignity, always. My friends, begin this closer walk with Christ by trying to accept this gift and message that God sent at Christmas time, his love and his presence. This gift of love, Jesus, is free for all, you just have to accept it. And so, my friends, it's become my tradition uh, on Christmas, uh, particularly uh, uh, around gifts and things. And I know that the storm maybe caused some of you guys to have a terrible journey. And maybe you did not get everything for everyone that you had hoped for. So, if you have not yet found the perfect gift and could not get that for that someone, here are your pastor's suggestions. These gifts cannot be purchased at any price. They can only be given freely, and they have to be received freely. Give the gift of forgiveness to someone who has hurt you or harmed you in any way. Just forgive. Give the gift of charity and patience and tolerance to the one who drives you crazy sometimes. 
even the one who maybe lives with you and does that. Just be patient. Give the gift or your attention to someone who is alone and just needs a smile or a hug. That is a great gift. Give the gift of genuine warmth and love not only to family, but to friend and stranger. Give the gift of peace and hope to all you encounter. And finally, to yourself, give the gift of respect. For you are precious to God, and you have been loved greatly by him. So love others and share that gift with them. As our tradition, we have a book at Christmas and Easter. This is an incredible book written by Father John Ricardo. It's called Rescue, and it's for all Christians. And uh, he takes us on a journey and helps us to understand the scriptures, perhaps uh, in a different way. He brings together experience, as it was in the beginning with the apostles, with scriptures and faith, so that you will become stronger disciples of Jesus Christ and that you will know this love and grow closer. So this book is available for all of you. It's a gift from the parish. Take one for yourselves, for a neighbor. Maybe someone's on the fence about Christianity because they've heard God hates them. This book will help them to understand differently. And if you begin to read it and think, this is pretty good, then I have even more news. On January 5th, the Rescue Project will be here at our parish. And we will run it for about seven weeks. And we will gather and we will come together and experience with scriptures and faith and begin a journey. So I ask all of you to reflect on Christmas. Will you journey with us? You don't need to be alone. Come and be with us and let us journey together. On behalf of Deacon and myself and our whole staff, we want to wish you all a very blessed and merry, merry Christmas. Be safe out there. Enjoy uh, the holiday season. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next weekend for the solemnity of Mary, the Mother of God. Merry Christmas, everyone.